Hello and welcome to the Playmakers Corner. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and we have another request episode per usual on Wednesday. And this is Requests Part 18. We're going to start off with a player that Mason Austin once again scouted. Thank you, Mason, for the scouting report on Jack Myers out of University High School, the guard slash tackle. So I'm going to talk about the negatives that Mason saw or the areas of improvement that Mason recommended and then talk about the positives that Mason saw in Jack Myers. So Jack should be noted that his hands do get outside on a couple of plays and Mason even mentioned that a couple of them should have been called for holding and you know that's a little bit of a liability looking into that next level and in addition Mason also noted that Myers here stands straight up when blocking and relies on his size, which comes in at a frame of, which is six foot five and anywhere between 260 to 285 pounds, depending on where you look, whether it's max preps or huddle. And, you know, he has to rely on his size because speed is not a strong point of his game, you know, and so in addition, Myers only comes out of a two point stance. The majority of the time so there's going to be some work coming out of a three-point stance and that limits you know or i don't want to say limits but it adds on a ton of work to do for him to succeed at that next level and ultimately myers just lacks fundamentals in a lot of different areas you know jack doesn't you know get lower leverage jack doesn't keep his arms in between the shoulder pads you know he holds a lot he stands straight up he's not very fast you know he's Kind of just relying on his arms out there and that's not how you win battles on the offensive line for an extended period of time and i don't know how well this works outside of a 2a football program you know we've done breakdowns of university high school players before and you know it is something that gets annoying but it is something to bring up every single time and so i think that's you know i don't see too many offers on the board for jack myers or at least i didn't see too many on his Twitter, and I'm not sure if that's just because he's committed to joining the Navy, but, you know, there are a lot of concerns. He's very raw for a 2A player, and if you're getting recruited as 2A, you have to be either a complete behemoth, you know, at like 6'5", like 300 pounds, and like a specimen, or you have to be very fundamentally sound, kind of like, you know, Troy Fountain wasn't a 2A player, but like the Troy Fountains of the world, once again, if you haven't heard that episode, check out our out-of-state episode. I believe that's episode 25. So, you know, with these areas of improvement to be addressed in mind, you know, mainly fundamentals, getting faster. So, you know, watch football, watch film, figure out how you need to keep those hands inside. Mesa recommended to Troy Fountain, you know, working with a towel around your elbows to keep those hands inside. I'm not sure how much further your football career is going to go, but if you're trying to improve those things, that is a place to start. On the positive side, Myers out of university here, he doesn't lunge for blocks when pass blocking. You know, he allows the defender to come to him and shows patience there, which is a very mentally advanced kind of thing to do. And in addition, you know, he, he continues with his IQ by keeping his head on a swivel, whether he's pulling or whether he's going to the next level. He's looking for somebody to, and he's looking for somebody to maul with his size. So, and the reason that he works so well as a garden tackle is because he really is so incredibly strong. I mean, honestly, this kid is an ox. And, you know, whenever he's called upon to play defense, he can also make plays there using, once again, kind of that football IQ and that awareness and getting those eyes up on the ball. But, you know, 
As far as outlook here, it doesn't look like he has a big... I don't... It doesn't look like he's going to the next level because it looks like he's focused on other things. But if he were to try and play football on the next level, I do think that he's a D3 kind of athlete, you know, just with how raw he is and how much work kind of needs to be done. And, you know, he's just... He's not really in place to progress a whole bunch in such a rapid amount of time. So he's definitely a project player for even a D3 school. And so, you know, we wish him luck heading forward, obviously, and any opportunities that he does get, that's good on him. But that is Mason Austin's, you know, scouting report of Jack Myers. And that is my outlook for Jack Myers heading forward. But no, coming up next, we have... Cole LaCrue, the quarterback out of Broomfield High School, coming up. Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and now we are talking about Cole LaCrue, the Broomfield High School quarterback, class of 2023, 6'2", 190-pound you know, gunslinger, arguably. So um, we're going to talk about, once again, we're going to start with strengths first with Cole here. And something that jumped off the film very quickly, very apparently, you know, is he, well, okay, actually, I'll talk about his stats in a sec. But off the film, you know, he could tell that he has gr good arm strength and velocity. He has great ball placement. There's a couple of go routes that he throws that has just enough touch and just enough strength to kind of, you know, drop it into a bread basket. There's definitely some go routes where there's two defenders there, but only his receiver can make a play on the ball. And that's really impressive, especially for, you know, what is his sophomore film. He still has two years of high school football left. And the fact that he's showing ball placement like this and, you know, the patience and wherewithal to make these passes and even field vision, you know, is very important when it comes to ball placement and he has the arm to back up his ball placement. So I also think that, you know, he, as a junior, he's already six foot two, 190 pounds. I think that that is only going to continue to fill out a bit more. And he's already really hard to bring down. If you watch his film, he's really good at shrugging off sacks, kind of like a big Ben esque, you know, player as far as, you know, getting, getting those defenders off of him and making plays. So I really like that. And, he also shows pretty good maturity and, you know, I think I can see his desire to play for a long time in how he shows good awareness when sliding because he doesn't slide until the absolute last second. And I know a lot of high school quarterbacks kind of get a lot of crap for sliding, but I think that Cola Cruz sliding is pretty appropriate a lot of the time where he does really wait until he's about to get leveled before he falls and hits the deck. So I really like that awareness of the field. As far as once he gets in the open field and he takes off and being able to manipulate it like that. I think going back to his passing a little bit, you can tell that his ball placement is really good on his out routes. In particular, his deep out routes. There's a couple of 15 and 20 yard out routes where he squeezes in underneath the cover three and between the linebackers safety who's playing man. And that's a next level throw. It really is because of 
how precise you have to be and how much room for error there is. If he overthrows it, it's going to be the deep thirds interception for free. If he underthrows it, it's the linebacker's safety's man coverage interception for free. So it's a high stakes throw. He's willing to make the throw and he's capable of making the throw most important of all. I also want to bring up something that sounds kind of, you know, it's hard to measure, right? But Cole Crew, he's a winner. And what I mean by that is, you know, it, it was his sophomore year this year, and this is kind of where he really gets the keys to the offense, I'd say. And, you know, he takes this Broomfield team and he leads them to a 4-1 and one record with some wins against highly notable talent. You know, he, he gets a 27-20 dub over Monarch in his first start of the season. And I talked about Kyle Gordon and he's been there for a while and he's been in the works and He's able to get that win 30 to 21 against a Brighton team that had some dudes on it. You know, it had your Eli Bowman's it had Zane hood, I believe was another one there. And, you know, there were some dogs on this, on this team and he was able to come out and make plays. You know, he threw for over 200 yards and three TDs on them to no interceptions. And, you know, he's, uh, he, he ran for a touchdown as well. So he had an absolute heyday against Brighton leading against a close win. Then, you know, he gets win against silver Creek and he, also gets a win against Heritage, which is big time in my opinion, you know, with the fact that they had Terrence Ferguson and Eric Olson, you know, he helped this Broomfield team capture a 26 to 13 win and he eked out a very close win against Windsor 17 to 14, you know, so he's used to pulling out these close games. And I will say that, you know, don't let the box score of the Loveland game fool you, right? Loveland went on to be the 4A state champions, as anyone might know. And they even made Luke McAllister, who was our number one rated senior quarterback, struggle heavily against this team. But Cole was able to find some success. You know, he completed 62% of his passes and he threw a touchdown and one interception. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of upside to Cole LaCrue looking into the future. You know, he beat some very good teams this year and he kind of has that edge, I think, that in these coming years, you know, he could really push this offense. He could push this broomfield team to maybe make a mark and leave a legacy honestly depending on the talent that he gets around him adding on to that you know he ran for five touchdowns this past season and he threw for 10 tds to two interceptions so you know uh, a 15 to well i'll include he lost two fumbles so like a 15 to 4 ratio for a first year as a starter is not bad he's not going to lose you the game and i think that his arm gives you a better a better chance of winning the game then his ball security gives you a chance of losing the game. And 67% completion percentage for a sophomore is kind of insane, if I got to be completely honest with you. He had over 100 attempts, so I don't think that this is, you know, a one-hit wonder kind of thing. I think this is a sustainable thing against good competition that he can carry into his junior year and even his senior year because the competition was no joke. You know, there's a lot of questions about competition, like I talked about with Jack Myers from university at that 2A level. But there's no question about, you know, some of the teams that Broomfield faced this year and some of the teams that Cola Crew helped lead a win over. So now I'm going to talk about some areas of improvement. You know, Cole, like I said, is a sophomore. So there is some areas of growth for sure, in my opinion. And I think it starts with his pocket movement and awareness. You know, there's times where, you know, I mean, Broomfield keeps a lot of, lineman back and i'll talk about that a little bit more but you know in max protection sets you have to be able to move left to right and step up in the pocket 
Cole never steps up in the park pocket. He doesn't show good pocket movement and he doesn't show good pocket awareness. At the first sight of danger, he starts running around and playing sandbox football, which, you know, it, it might work your sophomore year a little bit, but they're going to get film and then defenses are going to know, hey, I'm going to blitz the crap out of LaCrue here and make him step up in the pocket. And if he doesn't, he's going to pay because I'm bringing like a double edge outside blitz or something like that. So working on that pocket manipulation, extending plays without rolling out right or rolling out left or sprinting backwards and running around and flicking a pass down the field, you know? I mean, it is fun to watch, but it's not sustainable is what I will say about that style of football play, that Johnny Manziel backyard football. It's fun, but it doesn't last forever. So you have to be able to know how to do the other things. Otherwise, teams will gladly let you try and play backyard football and, you know, collect sacks, force turnovers, and such like that. So, like, like I also said, you know, they keep back a lot of blockers. So, I want to know how he does consistently against a blitz. And I want to see him develop more highlights against a blitz. You know, where, like I said, if he works on that pocket manipulation, that'll help out too. But he has to be able to do more than sprint backwards and kind of serpentine, serpentine, serpentine until he finds somebody. Because that's going to lead to big sacks it increases the chances for penalties with your linemen if they're asked to block for way longer than you know they probably should on certain throws and there's just a lot more bad that can happen out of running backwards and serpentining than there is good so i'd like to see him work on that and see what broomfield can do as far as you know making him kind of hit more quick rhythm kind of passes is kind of an idea and a concept that i'd like to see practiced with cole here I also think that, speaking of the offense and the scheme, I do think that it is a little simplistic, and it looks like a lot of one-read kind of throws, not a lot of, you know, crossing routes or, you know, nothing to look off, I'd say. And I think that Cole is capable with his arm and with his athleticism to run a more sophisticated offense. It's up to him as far as what he shows in the film room and what he shows scheme-wise, and it's up to the coaches to see how much further he can take this playbook. Because, I mean, if I see that kind of arm, I do think that he can make a lot of throws. You know, I'd like to open up that 15-yard comeback throw. I'd like to open up that wheel route throw. I'd like to open up, you know, some more seams and posts and, you know, even in routes that are a bit deeper down the field. I want to see more of that. I want to see more check downs. I want to see more multiple replays because I do think that Cole is capable of that. And I think that that'll help with his sandbox kind of tendencies where, you know, he looks and the first read isn't open and the pressure's already there and he starts running around. If he can go one, okay, that's not open. Go to the second read, hit that. If that's not open, go to the third read and expand, you know, that decision-making. I think that also helps alleviate some of the stress of, you know, running around, so to speak. I also kind of really want him to improve as a runner. If you look at his rushing stats, he only ran for 150 yards on like 50 carries. So three yards per carry is, it's bad. I'm not going to try and say it any other way. It's not good. You have to be a more efficient runner. I am expecting you, especially if you're a quarterback and, you know, they spread out the field for you a little bit, or even if you have a ton of lead blockers, you should probably be in the five to even nine yards per carry bracket. I'm going to be honest with you as a, quarterback that is pass first I'd say so definitely work on I'd say your vision most of all and then staying lower to the ground so that you can fall forward more I, I see that you run pretty tall and so I, I bet you know Cole is probably just getting used to his body at this six foot two frame 
But, you know, as you get used to your body, work on running low, run through shoots with running backs, and figure out what you need to do to maximize your running potential. So with those areas of improvement in mind and kind of some recommendations on it, what I see for Cola Crew is, you know, I think that this job is his to keep for the next two years. And obviously, he has to work for it. And he has to keep it and earn it. But, you know, I think that Cole has a lot of potential in that arm of his. And I do think that, you know, if he's able to refine himself a little bit more. Oh, and one other thing is his release is kind of way outside. So I think that's where the fumbles can come from is the ball gets a little far away from him. And it takes kind of a long time to wind up. But back to my outlook here with Cole. You know, if he makes those improvements, if he's able to refine his mechanics a little bit more, if he can show that he can go through at least two reads or even three reads, you know, and work a defense and increase and become more of a, I don't want to say more of a dual threat, but become, you know, a, a worry of defenses that you could take off with your legs and pick up a first down pretty easily if you have to. So that explosiveness, that acceleration, working on that. And then working on manipulating the pocket and not being afraid of the blitz, but, you know, walking into the eye of the storm kind of thing. I do think that Cola Crew here has some FCS potential. You know, I really do think that. But I think as it stands right now, he's kind of a NAIA D2 guy because I do. I just think that there's a lot of things to work on for him. But, you know, I think that there's a scenario where FCS school could take a chance on him and it ended up cashing out big time by Cole's junior or senior year with a really refined, super talented quarterback. You know, I think he's very physically gifted at the quarterback position. I think that he has the arm that can make all the throws, if I'm going to be honest with you. And I'd be really excited to have him on my team. I think that, you know, he runs really hard too. And, you know, with that frame, I think he'll only fill out. So you'll have a prototypical sized quarterback, especially if you can get up to like 6'3". 205 pounds or something like that i think that you're looking at a d1 quarterback so that's kind of what i think but i also wouldn't be surprised i'm not discouraging cole from looking at the d2 or naia level obviously you know once it comes to his senior season in the class of 2023 we'll have our top five list and you know there's a chance that he makes that and i'd feel a lot better if he makes those improvements on making that list so that's kind of that. Those are my thoughts for Cola Crew. I'm not really sure what his recruiting looks like at this exact moment, but I just want to say, Cole, you know, thanks for reaching out to us and whoever else asked for him. He's been requested quite a bit, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. But shout out to Cole for reaching out to us. And you're welcome on the show anytime if you want to clarify some things or even just chop it up and, you know, see where we're coming from on our analysis and. You know, we like for the athletes to be able to defend themselves or explain themselves or, you know, even be like, hey, you're right. And I appreciate that. So, you know, that's that's where we're at. But um, that does it for uh, Cola Crew here out of Broomfield High School. Coming up next, we're traveling south to Arizona to look at a linebacker. Here on the third segment of the Playmakers Corner Podcast, Request Part 18, we're traveling to Walden Grove High School located in Arizona to talk about inside-slash-outside linebacker Sebastian Adamski. Adamski? I don't know why I struggled with that. Sebastian Adamski, the six-foot, 
225 pound linebacker who is committed to Drake University for the FCS Division I level. So, once again, we'll talk about strengths here with Sebastian. I think that he has very good vision for where the play is being developed and he doesn't get caught on reverses or play action. You know, I think that Sebastian, he's very, he's very much of a wait and let it come to me kind of player where it's, you know, slow and steady makes the play is kind of the mentality that I see with Sebastian here because he does kind of slow play quite a bit, but you know, I don't think that many plays get past him because of his ability to wait and see the play fully develop. If I'm going to be a hundred percent honest and, you know, say what you will about, you know, conservative play. And I'll talk a little bit about it in the areas of improvement, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's that bend don't break mentality that prevents touchdowns. And then once it gets into the goal line, he does react quite a bit faster. He does play a little bit more aggressive and he is way more downhill you know, so I think that that's the mentality that he has and he executes it to perfection. So, you know, he has a consistent style of play is what I really like as far as, you know, what your expectations of him are within the red zone and what your expectations are. And, you know, for all I know, this could be a scheme thing. And if anything, that proves that Sebastian here is a very coachable athlete. I think that he does watch film because he does look at the quarterback. He does look at the tailback to see, you know, what the play is and he'll, you know, he doesn't get caught moving the wrong direction very often, whether it's counter plays or reverses or jet sweeps or play actions. He does a pretty good job of staying pat, staying home, and, you know, maybe sliding one step over before coming back to the play pretty brief and pretty quickly. So I also think that as far as his, his movement goes, he does move in his zone very, very well as between routes. You know, there's those route combinations where it's like, to double slant and he's good at passing off that slant to the next linebacker into that next zone and then moving towards the other slant or you know recognizing a hitch route from from a receiver based off of the quarterback's eyes and following the quarterback's eyes really well i think that he follows the quarterback's head and you know lets that dictate where he plays very efficiently once again efficient 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 is kind of the game style of sebastian here and I'll also add on that, you know, his timing on blitzes is pretty great. You know, between his junior and varsity year, he or junior and senior year, I should say, in 15 games, he racked up 18 tackles for loss. So, you know, he has over a tackle per loss per game, and he averaged over 11 tackles per game in general, you know, including his junior year where he had 130 total tackles. So, you know, he is a tackling machine. And his ratio of solo to assisted tackles got way better his senior year where he actually had more solo tackles than assisted tackles. So I think that he has no problem being that main guy and being asked to make those plays, make those tackles and, you know, close that gap on those plays. So, you know, th those are some stats that jump off the page. And I think that he's also a very f good form tackler. He gets very square to players most of the time. And he gets his head on that football in his hands. He wraps up very well. I think that, you know, if Sebastian catches you, that there's close to a 0% chance that you're going to escape that tackle. And you can see the way that, you know, he contributes in the forced fumble game as he's caused five forced fumbles over these past two years where he played the most varsity snaps. And he also recovered two fumbles as a junior. So in that bigger workload, he was able to do a lot of things. I already talked about his proficiency in the zone passing game where 
You know, he had three pass deflections in four games as a senior and four pass deflections in 11 games as a junior. So I think that as his role increased, he did answer the call to a lot of what was asked of him. And he also racked up four sacks. So that talks about the timing of his blitz and just his football IQ in general is very solid. I really like Sebastian here as a linebacker. I think that he he's going to do anything that the coach asks him to do and he's going to do it to the best of his abilities. And it's going to be pretty serviceable if I'm going to be honest with you. So... And then lastly, he is strong enough to play linebacker. You know, he does have a couple of pops on his highlight reel where he really gives somebody a licking. And, you know, I think that he said his max bench was 325. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to believe, but that I do believe with Adam Ski here, you know, where he is able to keep those linemen at kind of that arm's length so long as he engages first and react before that. But I'm going to talk about areas of improvement now. The same thing that is arguably Sebastian's greatest strength is his greatest weakness, and that's waiting for the game to come to him. I just wish he was a bit more aggressive and he could read and react harder, faster, and more aggressive. You know, I there wasn't a single play I'd say on his highlight reel where I was like, dang, Sebastian lit him up, you know, where. I just, I was beside myself, like I have moments like that on other films, but I didn't really have that on Sebastian's film. And, you know, this is Playmaker's Corner, so we are looking for people to make those plays, and that includes lighting someone up over the middle or blowing up a play in the backfield, kind of like Hunter Warren that I talked about on my request part 14, I believe that is now. Yeah, request part 14. So if you want to watch somebody who blows up the play and he plays really aggressive, almost overly aggressive, watch Hunter Warren's football film and see where that's getting him, and then compare it to Sebastian, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I also think that, you know, if he's able to keep those blockers at arm's length, it's okay, but his block shedding and his pass rush moves have a lot of work to do. He kind of only has the push the defender or push the offensive lineman or whatever to the left, to his left, that is, and then go right. So... I'd like to see him work on a dip and rip or maybe a swim move or, you know, in just engaging and holding on and getting a little bit of a bull rush going, you know, and using that strength that he has in his arms and his legs to take advantage of those off-balance linemen. So that's kind of where, uh, like, there's just so many avenues of block shedding and pass rushing that I think Sebastian is capable of that he kind of robs himself of doing. So I think that, you know, at Drake, they're going to definitely work on that block shedding and work on that engagement, work on getting those hands just a little bit faster because he does get beat to the punch. And that's another reason why plays end up coming to him is because he does get caught up on blocks sometimes from pulling guards or linemen going to the second level. And sometimes even wide receivers, if it's like a sweep play or a reverse, he can get caught on wide receivers. And you don't want to see that out of a 225 pound linebacker who's supposed to be your tone setter right so i think that working on tone setting and working on block shedding are his biggest areas of concern and things to work on this offseason i i want to just finish out here with a couple more things as far as you know i think working on balance and body control is always a good thing where you know there's sometimes where he looks a little too stiff when he's moving or he looks a little out of control so i'd say just working on controlling those hips, making them a bit more fluid, and then strengthening that core like an absolute madman. 
for that balance and working on your footwork. You know, always get an agility ladder. I recommend this to almost every single position. If you have tires in your backyard, go ahead and do footwork drills there. They're really easy to find online. And, you know, you can put two and two together as far as laying down those tires and what you're supposed to do with your feet going in between them. And then I got to give him a little bit of crap here, or at least according to Max Preps, he didn't have a single interception. And there were two plays on the highlight reel that definitely should have been interceptions. So Sebastian, I'm sorry if I've bashed you for something that you've heard a thousand times before, but catch the dang ball, bro. Um, You know, it said in your huddle bio that you played some tight end and it looks like you have a reception somewhere on your stat sheet. So go get the ball, man. There's That dropped interception in the end zone kind of kills me, bro. So, but I just give you a hard time. Uh, do work on those hands, though. I do think that a tennis ball on a wall is a pretty easy way to do it. You know, throw it, catch it with one hand, catch it with the other. And, you know, if you can catch a tennis ball millions of times, catching a football, you'll maintain the focus and just, you know, form that diamond, watch the ball all the way until you tuck it in. Don't look anywhere else. Just watch it all the way in until the tuck and then worry about running or whatever. We talk about, I'm sure that whoever you watch football with talks about it every Sunday when they see an NFL receiver drop the football, watch it all the way in, secure that interception and be more of a playmaker on defense because I know that you can, you have the physical tools. I think you have the speed and I know that you have the strength and even the size at six foot, 225, a little bit short, but 225 is a great playing weight for a linebacker to succeed at Drake. So work on your damn hands, kid, and uh, get some interceptions. Talking about Drake, they are an FCS school at the Pioneer Football League. You know, that Division One level, as I said earlier, Sebastian here, I do, I do think that a red shirt is on the horizon for him. And then maybe even a little bit as a soft or a second year, I do think that he might get on the field on special teams just because, you know, he is an athlete. He does have good size. And he's a good tackler, so I think that, you know, on kickoff or punt or punt block, he had a couple of punt blocks back in his junior year, I believe it was. So I think that those are good opportunities to get Sebastian on the field. And I do think that by his senior year, he could definitely be a starter. I think he is a one-year starter, maybe a two-year starter. I won't predict anything more than that unless he does make significant strides on being more aggressive and he gets his block shedding improved probably by 100%. I do think he could be twice as good of a block shedder in college as he is now just by working on different techniques and getting in that weight room and you know working on getting those arms out fast and that lightning fast reaction. So that's kind of my guess, 1 to 2 year starter at Drake University. So, but once again, congratulations Sebastian to your commitment to Drake. That is still big time. I'm excited for the things that you could potentially do. And like I said to Cole, you are obviously welcome on the show to defend yourself, agree with us, or, you know, we'd love to have you on for an interview. And we are actually releasing our first interview this Friday with Arden Walker. Just a little quick plug for you to stay tuned. But that does it for Sebastian Adamski out of Walden Grove High School in Arizona. And that's our first Arizona player, I think. If I'm wrong, then, well, then I'm just wrong. But if I'm not, um, happy Arizona Trails. Shout out to Zach Klein. But we are going to conclude this episode with a safety out of Cherokee Trail who actually knows somebody from our previous episode. Coming up.
We're back on the last segment of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Stoffer, and here we have a buddy, actually the man who requested Corey Quinn's film breakdown at a Federal Way High School. We have an old teammate of his and a, you know, senior year starter for Cherokee Trail High School, Elijah Graham, the six foot one, 200 pound, two star defensive back, primarily safety out of Cherokee Trail High School and Federal Heights High School, same as I said from Corey Quinn. So I don't see any commitment status on Elijah's Twitter at this moment in time. So I'm not sure exactly what the story is there, but I'll just talk about his high school career and then what I think he could do at the next level. So talking about areas of improvements, the number one concern I had about Elijah Graham's game is he wasn't aggressive at all in the run game. It's kind of what I was talking about with Sebastian where he waits for the play to come to him. And, you know, at linebacker, that's one thing where you're four or five yards off the line of scrimmage, maybe three. But at the safety position where you're 10 yards off the line of scrimmage, you're basically letting the running back get a first down almost every time. I didn't see him play super aggressive in the run game. I'd like to see that a little bit more. And, you know, maybe he's just not a run support safety, but I love versatility at the safety position. And I want to be able to walk him up and send him on blitzes and hope that he can help out inside the box. It looked like he wasn't asked to do that too often versus some of the other ways that he's a bit more versatile. So I don't really like that. And uh, I will say that, you know, you don't really get to see him match up one-on-one against the outside receivers. He usually has that cornerback with him for that bracketed coverage. And I do think that one of his strengths that I'll talk about here in a second is a weakness here. And that's that You know, he watches film, right? And he knows quarterback tendencies and he knows where they want to go with the football, depending on the formation and, you know, even the snap. But he could definitely be misled for sure. And what I mean by that is there's one play in particular where the flow of the play is that, you know, you have a post route coming at him from right to left. You have an in route coming from right to left and maybe even a slant. There's at least two routes going from right to left. And so he follows that where there's another cornerback. There's the two guys who are in the man coverage on him. Like there's, you know, there's three or four Cherokee trail bodies to cover two or three opposing receiver bodies is kind of what I see. And I, I don't think that's really necessary. And you could see that it gashes Cherokee trail here where, you know, the quarterback just takes the underneath route working from left to right, where it's just one-on-one coverage, I think, against a linebacker from a wide receiver. And so the wide receiver wins that. And Elijah Graham is on the other side of the field where there's already plenty of reinforcements. And it takes him quite a bit of time to, you know, stop, turn around, make that recovery, and get back to the the underneath route on the right side of the field that just gained like 20 yards. So, you know, the strength of watching film and getting quarterback tendencies right is good, but against quarterbacks at the next level who are going to go through their reads and, you know, they'll see your traits of doing that and then they'll throw you a curveball and gash you like that where maybe they'll look you off to the left and there's a backside wheel from a running back and that can go to the house in the right hands. So, you know, if that's a if that's a Q Jones or even a, I think it was a uh, Jackson Muma, then that's probably a touchdown. I will also say that, you know, watching how much he follows the flow of a play, I do wonder how he holds up in the play-action game. I didn't get to see too many looks of that as far as, you know, if they play action right really hard and if they get a couple of routes going to the right and then they have, like, the 
strong side, the play side tight end go to the left and they do like a throwback play, how susceptible he is to that, especially in cover one where he was asked to do a lot of heavy lifting there or in cover two where if he follows the play too much, it could also be a touchdown. So I think that his instincts and his tendencies do leave him susceptible to pass back plays or, you know, being looked off for sure. But, you know, for all those areas of improvement, he is a dang good pass defending defensive back slash safety. And here's why I'm going to talk about, I, I mentioned versatility earlier is very important to me. And I was like, oh, he doesn't match up against outside receivers. But you know what he does match up against is he does play man up against slot receivers. He'll come within five yards. He'll play some press. He'll play man coverage against tight ends. He'll play, like he's capable of playing man coverage. He's capable of playing the flats. He's capable of playing that deep, you know, cover one zone or that cover two zone. So I think that, you know, you kind of have a Swiss army knife in the fact that you can ask him to do so many different football concepts and he'll still be successful with them and even flourish with them in, in some cases. So th those are some things that I do like about Elijah Graham for sure, as far as what he can be successful at and, you know, his versatility, obviously, you know, if I'm a next level coordinator, if I'm a D2 guy, I think that I get a steal here with Elijah Graham with everything that he can do. Looking at some other things, you know, he has great field awareness, I'd say, where, you know, he knows, like, like I mentioned, he watches film. He knows the quarterback's traits. He knows the tendencies. He knows the plays that they're calling. He recognizes formations and he's to the play before the receivers to the play. He's to the play before the quarterback even throws the ball. He is so cerebrally multiple steps ahead of offenses at the high school level in Colorado that it's kind of unfair to throw against him. And the worst part is that he only got two or three games here in Colorado. I'm very sad that he didn't get an extended season making lots of plays for Cherokee Trail because I do think that, you know, he might have been an all-state potential guy getting the ball rolling and being like a first-team kind of guy. So... And even being in the conversations for our best safety. But, you know, he, like I said, he's at the, he's at the play where the plays, he's where the play is before it's even happening. And, you know, he has a magnet for the ball in the air. You know, sometimes he looks like he's running the route better than the wide receiver because the ball is just thrown so perfectly to him. He's a great jump ball guy. If he knows that he can't necessarily rip the ball away, he's good at punching the ball out and forcing a drop from the wide receiver or the tight end, whoever he's asked to cover. I really like when he punches the ball out. He's very vicious with it, and he always just managed to hit it right dead center. Just, there we go, dead center with that football and, you know, force a drop or an incompletion on a play that he otherwise maybe has no business making a play on. I also think that, you know, he, he doesn't commit pass interference, which is surprising for how physical he is you know he's six foot one 200 pounds which is great prototypical size i think for a safety i do think that you know his size should allow him to play in the box as i mentioned but that he needs to work on but you know he he's able to go up there and be physical with these receivers be physical with these tight ends play bump and run and you know get in their face and not get called for pass interference and come down with interceptions and come down with these pass deflections you know in these two years between his junior and senior year he had 48 and a half tackles eight interceptions 19 pass deflections so if that doesn't speak volumes on what his capabilities are as far as punching the ball out where okay like almost all of those are punching the ball out contested pass deflections i mean 
just look at the film. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And those interceptions aren't free. There's only like two or three interceptions that I think are definitely freeload where, you know, the quarterback's getting hit. It's probably just two and then one drop. So outside of that, the rest is field awareness. The rest is field movement. The rest is field vision. And the rest is football IQ, which is impeccable from Elijah Graham here. Lastly, I do think that he's he's a pretty okay tackler, and but the real the real reason that he's so versatile, the real reason that he can play in the slot, the real reason he can play cover one, cover three, cover two, play in the flats, is he is fast. You know, he does run his four or five six is listed in his four in his huddle as his 40-yard dash. And I believe I believe this 40-yard dash time. I really do. I think he has great closing speed. I think he has great recovery speed, you know, where he'll bait quarterbacks into throwing it to that seam route. And then just zip, close that distance and finish the playoff himself. He's very athletic. I think he's also pretty strong, but mainly his speed does make him, in my opinion, moving on to Outlook, a FCS player. Honestly, I do think that he's he could play at the FCS and maybe even the FBS level, if I'm going to be completely honest, just with, just with his speed and athleticism. I do think that, you know, if, if a D2 gets him, it's going to be a huge steal for them. And... Elijah, I just want to say that I'm not trying to swing you one way or another, but I do think that you are a talented safety. And, you know, like I've told everyone else, you're welcome on the show, and I appreciate you reaching out to us on Twitter, of course. To anyone who's curious, you can always reach out on Twitter and ask for your phone to be broken down, and we'll get to you as soon as we can. But talking about Elijah, I do think that if he doesn't have any D1 offers, you know, depending on the situation where you are, right, depends on your financial stability and other things, but... Juco might not be a bad idea where you will have some more time to get out your film because you did get your senior season robbed. And I do think that your offers would have been a little bit higher as a two-star safety slash defensive back. And, you know, it's, it's worth taking a risk on if that's what you really believe in, or, you know, going to that D2 level and getting a higher scholarship from a different school or going FCS if you can, and just, you know, making the most out of any opportunity and betting on yourself because I do think that you're a talented safety slash defensive back and I do see a bright future for you. But that's my analysis on Elijah Graham. I do think if he goes to a D2, he's probably an immediate starter or maybe a redshirt and then a three-year starter at a D2 program. At an FCS program, I do think a redshirt and then, you know, maybe even one more off year where they rotate him in as a slot corner or maybe a third safety his sophomore year very sparingly. He, I could see him get on the field there and then his junior and senior year start to eat up some time and definitely be a starter his senior year at the FCS level. I do think he's capable of that, but that does it for my discussion on Elijah Graham as well as Sebastian Adamski and Cola Crew and Jack Myers. This is like a half in-state, half out-of-state episode because, you know, you have Jack Myers, Cola Crew who are in-state, as well as Elijah Graham, but the majority of his film is from Federal Heights, which is out in Washington, just like Corey Quinn and then Sebastian Sebastian Adamski from Arizona. So that was a fun episode. Thank you all so much for whoever's made requests. I'm pretty sure all of these players reached out to us, so thank you all, and you're all invited on the show. And to any other athletes or you know fans of other athletes, whether it's family, friends, fellow players, you can reach us at Playmakers Corner or at Playmaker Corner on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. We're pretty easy to reach there, but we mainly look at our DMs on Twitter, Instagram, and we look at comments on our TikToks. So 
And all these players will have TikToks coming out within the next week or two. So stay tuned on our TikTok for your guys' TikTok. And you're all invited onto the show. I'm pretty sure I said that a million times, but, you know, just link up with us. We'd be excited to have you, and I'd be excited to chop up your film with you. But if that... Oh, once again, Arden Walker, this Friday, Friday, Friday. Listen to the Arden Walker interview. He is a Mizzou commit out of Colorado, one of the highest-rated recruits in Colorado, and an exciting prospect, and an absolute... Just just a gentleman, really, you know. he He's very classy in his interview. He has a lot of good advice, and I highly recommend listening to it. You'll be able to find that on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and I think even YouTube. I think even YouTube, so stay tuned for that. But I've been your host, Cody Stoffer. Thank you so much for joining us on Request Part 18. You have a good rest of your day, and keep listening to our episodes.